My dad died. I miss my friends because of... I don't know how to tell my friends that. I want to help my friends. I don't know how. The pandemic has left me feeling very lonely. How can I best support students in my classroom? My uncle abused me. The morning meeting is meant to be a place to let you know that you are not alone. We can get through this together. So join us. Listen, learn, share your stories. This is the morning meeting. So welcome, Jilly, and thank you so much for coming and spending a little time with us today on the morning meeting. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So before we start, why don't you just tell us a little bit about you and your family and, you know, what you're studying at school? Um, I'm studying psychology as of right now, but Mm -hmm. I think I'm changing my major to criminal justice. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, So before we talk, I know that, you know, we're talking today about a specific experience that you've been through. But before we talk a little bit about that, I wanted to just ask you about, you know, your experience with death in general. Do you remember your first death experience, how it was handled? Um, So my grandfather passed away when I was about 10 years old, although I wasn't very close with him. So obviously I was upset about it, but it didn't affect me deeply. Mm -hmm. I was more upset because obviously my parents were very upset about it and so just seeing them upset was hard for me but other than that I haven't had any deaths that have occurred that were very personal to me. So this uh, this experience that we're about to talk about was this was really your first experience with a significant loss. For sure yes. So I always feel a little protective, I guess is the right word, when I'm interviewing somebody and asking them to share their story. I don't want it to, um, I'm certainly not looking to, you know, exploit the story or, you know, make you share anything that you're uncomfortable with. But I think it's helpful, hopefully for you and certainly for listeners to just know a little bit about what happened and, and what you've been through. So if you don't mind just sharing a little bit about your relationship with the person that died and any bits of information about you know what happened Mm -hmm. and before I even start I definitely Mm -hmm. think that it could be really really helpful Mm -hmm. to talk about it and for other people to hear the experiences of death for other other people in the world just because everyone experiences it very differently so hearing how other people deal with grief could be helpful I think I Uh, that's why we do this show I feel like you know I want to also just normalize the fact that everybody experiences loss and Mm -hmm. all of our feelings are really normal so Mm -hmm. I appreciate you sharing that of course um so my friend Olivia who was 18 years old so was I this was the year or the summer right before I was going into my freshman year of college She was my best friend. We spent almost every day together. And she was a very open person. She had a very R-rated personality, (laughs) um, would tell you whatever was on her mind. She, She decided to take her own life. And it was after me and a couple other friends had spent the night with her. And we found out a couple days later, which obviously was the most shocking and confusing and upsetting news I've ever received. 
Wow. Especially just because we had just been with her and then she decided to do this, which obviously is, you just, all you want to do is go back in time. And What was it like? Like, do you remember when you were told that she died and how she died? Um, yes. What did that feel like for you? So I... I knew something was off with her just because I couldn't get in touch with her and I was just hoping for the best that maybe she was just not feeling great or she was busy working or something but I was a bit worried about her Mm -hmm. Um, obviously I had no idea the extent to what happened Um, but when I found out I just couldn't stop crying I felt immediate guilt for sure just because I was just with her and the fact that she did this after we were with her was gut-wrenching but thankfully now I see it more as just like we were lucky to be with her in her last moments rather Mm -hmm. than it's we should feel guilt for that you know right right um but finding that out was definitely the scariest thing that's ever happened to me um just so unexpected Mm -hmm. you said that you know guilt was one of the first things that you felt I think that's so common guilt is one of those feelings that most people have when somebody dies but I think when it's a suicide uh guilt is probably even more you know prominent can you talk a little bit more about the guilt that you were feeling yes so I found out from a police officer uh, how she passed away. And I just remember him speaking to me and told me what happened. And the first thing I asked him was, did I do something wrong? And just because I immediately felt like just because we were there with her, that like something had to have triggered her to make her want to do this. But this was also way before I knew anything about suicide. Sure. So I now I'm much more educated on it just for like this for the sake of like myself and my mental health mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the guilt is definitely something that I still deal with to this day for sure. But as time goes on and you educate yourself and you also obviously go over everything that has happened a bunch of times in your head um you learn that that's not going to help anyone or it's not going to help olivia either just to like feel guilt right what was your guilt related to i know you said that you were with her that night so Mm -hmm. was it that you thought like you missed something or for me it was um Basically, she, I felt like she needed to go home and just for like her safety and everything. And like all of us just had been at a party and everything and I wanted her to be taken care of. Mm -hmm. So I, I basically said to her, like, you, you need to go to bed. Like we've all like partied enough basically. Mm -hmm. And she was the type of girl who like loved being out with everyone and loved partying Mm -hmm. (laughs) and like Mm -hmm. all of us do but she definitely like loved it a lot Mm -hmm. and I I brought her home and I took her up to bed and everything and for me it was just like the fact that I was like the last one to see her in person um 
was something that was really, really hard for me to deal with just because she did make this decision sometime after I was last with her. So that was really, really hard for me Absolutely. because some, like I felt like I caused her to like make this decision before I knew anything about suicide. Sure. Now I think it sounds like you know that, you know, there's typically not one specific incident that, you know, is a trigger for suicide. Fortunately, I guess, because you hadn't had experience with suicide before, I think a lot of people do feel like, was there something that I could have done differently when now you know that suicide is not caused by one thing. It's not that one thing happens and then someone decides, you know, to take their life. There's typically a very complicated mixture of events that sort of creates this imperfect storm that leads to suicide. But at the time, it sounds like, you know, you thought maybe it was one thing and maybe Mm -hmm. you could have stopped that. Yeah, I have definitely had trouble dealing with the guilt. In the beginning, I, I think something that was hard for me was I was very set on finding out what happened that night exactly and trying to see if there was another trigger that occurred mm-hmm. that maybe made her want to do this. Because for me, I was fully trying to like divert the guilt mm-hmm. as much as I could. And for me, the main thing that caused me guilt was that I was Sorry. the last one that saw her alive. So I was trying to figure out any possible scenario that she maybe saw someone else before she decided to do this, or maybe someone like texted her something or anything like that, um, which as we, or what we believe isn't true. Um, We believe Mm -hmm. like I was the last one to see her. But um, for me, I couldn't even like digest what had happened because I was more in like detective mode trying to find out everything that could have mm-hmm. happened or might have happened that night. I think I think I that's believe. probably a very common yeah. experience where people want to like if I could just figure out why this happened, then I can know if it was my fault or not. But of course we now know yeah, exactly. that it's not your fault. The other thing I thought, you know, that's striking is that this is a friend that died. So, you know, you were 18 years old and she was 18 years old and 18-year-olds are not supposed to die. And especially given that this was your first experience really with a significant death loss, how do you think that shapes you as a person just knowing that, you know, people your own age, young people who are seemingly healthy can die? I think, if anything, as time has gone on, it just makes me more Mm. grateful for the life I have. Because obviously her death was extremely unnatural for someone this young to pass away and it like the most unexpected possibility ever um so in the beginning the fact that she was so so young was really really hard to deal with because she had so much life to live still but another thing that I've talked about with her parents and all her friends is that she lived an amazing (laughs) and crazy 18 years Um, So she wrote Mm -hmm. a really good story for herself and she definitely lived life to the fullest when she was alive. So even though it was tragic, she still did live a very, Mm -hmm. very good life, although it was cut short. I definitely, another part of it that was really hard as well was afterwards, a lot of us were 
scared like what if sure. someone else does this what if someone else thinks like from Olivia's experience that it's the right thing to do is to take your own life which obviously right. is never the right option so like one thing we all did is we all started like tracking one another and we all were texting each other 24 7 I think obviously we wanted to make sure each other was okay but I think another thing was when someone commits suicide you're always gonna like or at least for me and a lot of my friends we a lot of us like have this fear now that someone right. else will do this um mm-hmm. that's very young so if anything it makes us more compassionate I would say for people because it made us realize you never know Absolutely. what anyone else is thinking and it sounds like you also check in on your friends and make sure that they're okay more than you might have otherwise for sure um, and all of my friends were definitely mm-hmm. closer on a much deeper level now just because we have experienced something absolutely crazy together so it's made me have much stronger relationships typically suicide is such a sort of a taboo subject people don't really talk about it people in the mental health field know that talking about suicide actually reduces suicides so people sometimes say like I don't want to ask if they're suicidal because I don't want to put an idea in their head but it doesn't actually it it mm-hmm. usually makes people feel like oh my god they they see me I feel felt have you been able to have conversations with your own friends mm-hmm. since um, Olivia died about you know anybody else's suicidal thoughts definitely I I definitely realized that suicide is not talked about nearly enough just because I I had no idea anything about mm-hmm. suicide until this happened to me and it's it's upsetting that this had to happen for me to know much more about it and how common it is and the signs for it in regards to Olivia like I didn't see I didn't know any of the signs I didn't know any of the symptoms that people experience when they're feeling suicidal so I now realize them after educating myself that maybe they were a parent um, Mm -hmm. for Olivia, but I would have never known. No, I haven't really learned in school about it. I haven't really met anyone, thankfully, that has had a suicide in their life that has, like, it's affected them super personally. Um, So I really had no reason to learn about it besides the fact that Olivia passed away and then I was like I, I really need to know mm-hmm. more about this and why it's happening. Well, good for you for educating yourself. Mm-hmm. So you know she died right after you graduated from high school which is supposed to be such mm-hmm. an exciting you know time in your own life and you're preparing to go off to college and what was that like to you know have this horrible thing that you're dealing with and also the excitement of you know leaving for college and getting ready to go it definitely made it a lot harder that the timing of when everything happened just because we all were on such a high from graduating and we had prom recently and we were all excited to experience college and had all these graduation parties so it definitely was kind of like Mm -hmm. a huge wake-up call back Mm -hmm. to real life I guess um and if anything, it, I, I was excited to go to school, but I think this happening made me a lot less excited to go back just because I was going to be with a bunch of people that, that didn't know what I experienced and didn't 
probably didn't experience something similar and it was people who didn't know Olivia and I liked being with my friends from home who knew her and we could keep her spirit alive and talk about experiences mm-hmm. we had with her and the happy times so it definitely made me not yeah. want to go back to school I'm just struck right now thinking you know we're living through this coronavirus pandemic and you've been home you know more than you were supposed to be so you know your semester was cut short so you have yeah. probably had an opportunity to spend time with you know your friends who knew her again and I don't know if you think of that as a silver lining or you know what has that been like for you has that been helpful to you to be with her friends you know about a year later it's mm-hmm. definitely been helpful for me um, I I did meet amazing people at school and I love I love my friends at school and they they do know about Olivia. Um, I felt after a certain period of time close enough with them mm-hmm. to tell them what happened. And they've all been super super helpful, but it still is like the what I mentioned before just them, you know, they haven't experienced like Olivia live. They've yeah. only experienced Olivia after her death. So being home was not something I was very upset about for sure and it definitely takes some time for me to adjust going back and forth just because you know when I'm home too it's like when I'm in my house I'm like oh well, I've been here with Olivia I've been able to you know have good times with her here you know she never was able to come to University of Maryland or she never was able to meet my college friends so it takes some time for me for sure to be able to readjust my environment definitely. so those transitions are really hard yeah for sure that and I didn't I didn't expect that either um, besides like when I left for college I didn't know that like going back and forth was gonna mm-hmm. be this hard for me like I know the first time I came home after college started I was definitely not in a good place and I I think I was very like lethargic and I I just couldn't really deal with like being back home after mm-hmm. she passed away without her being here. And then thinking about like going back to school and not seeing my friends who who knew her. So it was it was a lot to deal with. Like there's not a good place either way. So if you're home, you have the reminders and yeah. you know, you feel her absence more, but at school you're away from the people that knew her and uh, so both of those things are really hard. For sure. And and I'm willing to like be open about this as well as um, I've like when I went back to school, I started Mm -hmm. talking to a therapist there and um, it took me a couple months, though, to like get the courage to go to the Mm -hmm. health center, wherever you have to go to find the person to talk to. Um, But that has helped me so, so much for sure. Dealing with the adjustment. Did that end? Are you able to continue therapy Mm -hmm. online or? So I, the way it works at Maryland is you have 10 sessions and then like after a year goes by, you can have another 10 sessions. Um, And I don't really love that rule just Mm -hmm. because I would love unlimited sessions. But I know that there's other students that probably need the service just as much as me or maybe even more. So they'd have to do it just so they can talk to as many people as they can. Um, So I had two online therapy sessions Mm -hmm. after the pandemic started. You know, I've been doing a lot of research about um, how universities support their students and 10 sessions seems to be pretty common. It is 
it's so unfortunate though because yeah. uh, there's so much need and you know often 10 10 sessions is nothing you know when you think about the grief that you experience yeah. your friend died like that's going to be a lifelong process for you mm-hmm. so i wish that there was more support yeah. so how do you think yeah, sure. um you know her death and particularly because it was a suicide how do you think that shaped your freshman year or you know as much of it as you had at school it definitely made it a lot more confusing um something i also had a hard time with was like i felt guilty for Mm -hmm. feeling happy in the beginning um like when good things would happen i'd feel like i'm not allowed to be happy right now like look at what just happened you know or I would feel guilty that like I got to experience some amazing things when Olivia couldn't. For example, like when I got into the sorority I'm in now, I felt very weird about it because I knew Olivia and I had talked about mm-hmm. what like I wonder what sorority she'll be in. And obviously she didn't get to experience that. So I had a hard time accepting the good things that are happening to me in my life because yeah. Olivia couldn't do that. And as Like I Mm -hmm. said, time has helped me a lot because now as I'm I'm maturing and I'm also just having more time to go over everything that has happened, I realize that that's not the right way to go about things. I mean, obviously, sometimes I don't have control over the way I'm feeling, but I can think logically, more logically now. Well, I think time is important, but it's also, Mm -hmm. it really seems like you've done a lot with your time. So you've really taken good care of yourself and gone for therapy and educated yourself about suicide. Mm -hmm. So those, you know, you might not feel that way if you hadn't done all of those things. So certainly using the time that you've had sounds like it's been really helpful to you. I'm just wondering, you said that you were going through a hard time What does that look like for you as, you know, a freshman on a college campus? How would people know that you were struggling? So even like I said, I loved my Mm -hmm. friends or I I do love my friends that are at college, but I, Mm -hmm. I didn't want to be a burden to them. And I, I, I knew they wouldn't consider me a burden, but I, when I was feeling down about this, but I, for a while, wouldn't really I would try my best not to show my emotions if I was feeling badly. I kind of would just like be in my room or tell them I was tired or Mm -hmm. something. I wouldn't tell them what was bothering me for a while. um, I actually have a friend at school who um, I found out has Mm -hmm. experienced death in her life. Um, And it's, it's sad that this is like what made us connect in the first place. But like both of us had experienced a personal death. And that's when I felt comfortable telling her about Olivia. Um, So it's upsetting that that's what connects us. But I think we're both grateful that we've experienced that because we know we can understand in like at a deeper level what Mm -hmm. that's like for someone. Um, And that one friend I definitely have confided in the most. And she's seen me, you know, cry about Olivia and laugh about Olivia definitely more than anyone else um and she does the same with Mm -hmm. me in regards to the death she experienced so I think finding a person who has experienced a death 
helps a lot. I'm also just wondering about, you know, this pandemic that we're all living through, which I think has brought a lot of awareness to the fact that every single college student right now is grieving something. There's been so many changes. How do you think it's impacted you and your grief being home again and going through this whole pandemic? For me, in the beginning, I was having a really hard time because I was home, but I wasn't allowed to see any of my friends. So that was really hard for me because I, I do, I love my family, but they, and they knew Olivia, but sure. for me, what's helped me the most is my friends. Just because I think part of it is they're the same age as me and mm-hmm. they, they knew Olivia best. The beginning of the pandemic was very hard. Now that the restrictions have been less strict, it's gotten a lot easier. I I usually like going to my friends' okay. houses more than going to my own home, just because I have a lot of memories with Olivia here and at my friends' houses as well. I just think sometimes it's hard for me to be home because I was with her here alone and I kind of just sometimes can get into those thoughts that aren't mm-hmm. helpful, like the guilty thoughts. Um, whereas when I'm with my friends and I'm at their homes, it doesn't really bring back those thoughts as much. And also my friends will distract me mm-hmm. from any negative thoughts I'm having and usually are able to sure. get me out of that headspace. So what are you doing now to take care of yourself? So therapy's ended, you're home. What do you do now during this pandemic mm-hmm. to stay healthy? And um, mm-hmm. I like to work out and go on runs. That definitely helps clear my mind. I think just like making good memories with friends is the best way to get over feelings of guilt. Just because something me and my friends say a lot is mm-hmm. we're going to live for Olivia. Yeah. And, and I love that because I definitely feel her presence sometimes and feel like she is with us in a way when we yep. do certain like fun and crazy things. Um, so just like living for mm-hmm. her is something that I've been doing that helps me feel like she's still here. You know, I just asked you about what are you doing to take care of yourself? I have to assume, and you don't have to tell me, mm-hmm. but I have to assume that you also do some things that are probably mm-hmm. not that healthy because we all do, right? We all have, you know, mm-hmm. our really good coping strategies. And then sometimes we do things that are not so healthy. And I'd say probably yeah. uh, many college students engage in some activity that's probably not considered, that would be, you know, you can call it risk-taking, right? So how do you, without, you know, sharing too much, yeah. how do you balance mm-hmm or talk to yourself about doing, engaging in things that perhaps, you know, you you think might be a little bit more risky and balancing that with making sure you're, you know, taking good care of yourself? It's a very good question. (laughs) Um, I would say communication for sure with others is the way I've learned to not deal with her death in 100% a negative way. I mean, it's it's inevitable that sometimes you're not, there's no right mm-hmm. way to grieve, which I know you know, but sometimes it's hard to navigate right from wrong when you're in that state of being sad about someone's death. So thankfully, I have a lot of amazing friends that I can talk to about the way I'm feeling and what maybe is a smart versus not smart decision. Um, 
So, and I think since we're all experiencing it together, it helps a lot because we're not all going to be sad at the same time. We're not all going to be happy at the same time. So we're really able mm-hmm. to lean on one another for support. So I think for me, the way I've dealt with decision-making and grieving is just by relying mm-hmm. on my friends and talking to them and getting their opinion on a lot That's of things. Great. You know, I'm just thinking about, let's say, yes. drinking, right? So most college kids, mm-hmm. I think we could say, drink at some point, right? But yeah. when you're grieving, sure. you you know, some people can start relying on that. And, and obviously that can be become more dangerous than just the typical, you know, I go to a party and, and drink a little, you know, perhaps saying to, you know, mm-hmm. talking to your friends about making sure like tonight's my night, you're going to stay sober so that you can keep your eye on me versus, you know, tomorrow night when I'm going to take care of you. Yeah, definitely. And, and also I think recognizing how you're feeling mm-hmm. before you decide to drink is super important because if you're if you've been feeling sad all day or you're angry Mm -hmm. or you're feeling guilty it's definitely not smart to drink because those emotions are just Mm -hmm. intensified so you don't want to do that to yourself yep yeah or other people because obviously Mm -hmm. it's going to affect those around you as well why am i drinking am i drinking because um you know feeling good and I want to have a good time or am I drinking because I'm feeling bad and I want to numb those feelings those are two different things and you might want to check yourself before you say I need a drink because I'm I'm struggling so much that I don't want to feel this Mm -hmm. rather than the typical you know I'm Mm -hmm. at a party and we're having a good time yeah and like I said this has all been such a learning experience for me as well And unfortunately, I have seen like people I know who have, you know, drank and it hasn't affected them the right way because Mm -hmm. of everything that's gone on. Um, But if anything, I think that all just made us more aware and conscious of everything that's gone on and more willing to check up on our friends and also just more like think more about how we're feeling before we drink. It's good to hear. Mm -hmm. Is there anything else that you would you know, that you want to add, anything that you felt like we didn't cover today? Just that I think it's really important for everyone to educate themselves on suicide because it's not anyone's fault that we haven't learned about this. I think it's just society in general. There's a lot of um, negative views on Mm -hmm. discussing mental health. And it's unfortunate that this had to happen for me to learn about it. But I also think maybe I can like save someone's life in the future or something from it um or me discussing it can give other people um the ability to see signs in someone they know that might be suicidal so I just think learning about it um as much as you can can really save someone's life it's really important that you don't Mm. keep everything inside no matter if you feel if you're feeling happy or sad or anything, you want, I know some people who feel it's best to just keep everything inside. They don't want to talk about it because obviously it's a touchy subject. But I think for the sake of your own mental health, it's really important to share and also think about the person who's passed away. What would they want you to do? They would want you to be happy. They would want you to do what's best for you. 
and communication can really help you so much because bottling it up inside is only going to cause you harm. It sounds like you've found so many good ways to do that through your friends, through your family, through a therapist. Well, thank you so much for coming and uh, and spending some time with us. I uh, I do hope that this was um, you know okay for you, and I and I hope it's helpful for someone else who's listening. Yeah, me too. I, like I said, I think talking about it is the only way that things are going to change in regards to being open about mental health. I could not agree with you more, Jilly. Thank you so much for being on this podcast. I also do want to highlight that if you or someone you know is struggling with suicidal thoughts, there is help. The National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is 1-800-273-8255. Next week, we're going to be talking with another guest that was touched by the suicide of his father when he was a senior in high school. His experience is very different from Jilly's, so I encourage you to tune in next week for that interview with Michael Hammer. Again, thank you so much to Jilly. That's all for today. Good morning to all of you.